Welcome back to I Hate the News with Eyes and Sarah. Um, we've had some technical difficulties, it seems like. Yes. <laughs> Just getting anchored here. to connect, but here we are. We are here, and we're ready to go. All right, so what have you been up to? I'm in D.C. Um, I just got back from Columbus a few days ago. Um, yeah, or like... Well, like not really globe trotting. North America trotting, I guess you could say. That's um, right. And I got to hang out with, like, a couple of people, like, artists that I really just, like, admire and love. So that's always fun. Um, even that's though Columbus cool. was, like, underwater while I was there. Um, it was Yeah, like, Toronto was underwater, too. So maybe... Um, this is a worldwide flood. What? Yeah, DC is <laughs> uh, raining like crazy the last like three days. Yeah. So uh, I think it was trying to like rid itself of like all the Nazis, all 25 of them <laughs> that came to March. Um, so uh, yeah, just rain, rain everywhere. But it was good. I got to, I got to have some good eats, some good coffee. Um, yeah, just to kind that's of- good settling settling in ish um for a little while longer before i go to my next destination mm-hmm. um it's always really nice to like come back to dc and like regroup because i have like a good strong network of friends here so like yesterday i was able to just like reconnect with people who like keep me level-headed um right and that's always really nice especially like when you're traveling and you're working on creative projects to have people who aren't necessarily creatives in the in the sense that we normally consider you know um Mm -hmm. and and have them but it kind of like recharges you yes yes absolutely um real people exactly (laughs) (laughs) not not Um, us robots who make things (laughs) financial and health fields um like and they um they ground they ground me for sure um not not the navel gazing lot that i'm used to hanging around so. Right. How about well, you? Uh, I see. I haven't been feeling that well, so I've kind of yeah. just been like, so I've kind of just been like, you know, buckled down and um, uh, like researching cameras and all the stuff that I never do. Okay. Know, yeah. Because I'm stuck at home. Like, but, what um, can I do from bed? <laughs> yeah, it's not even bed. It's just this weird fatigue that set in the last couple of days. I think like I worked really hard like last week. Yeah, helping family out, and I think I had to overwork myself. So now I'm just like exhausted. Yeah, and everything just aches. So like I can't really focus. So at that time, might as well just sit down and do this like, you know, easy research stuff that I have been putting off. But and yeah, that stuff has to get done. So it's like yeah, exactly, exactly. So it hasn't been like a really eventful week, but um, but getting like shit done, which is good. Well, that's good. But I've had Wild Wild Country on pause because you left. <laughs> Oh yeah, we've been we've been watching it while I was in Toronto, and I haven't watched it either. I I have picked up something else, which I will give in my recommendations. Even though like yeah, yeah, I'm we'll... such a lame human being because like my recommendation is something that's like from fucking four years ago. Dude, I do that I all just... the time. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Sometimes you see new things. It. Sometimes it's good to uh, let people know about stuff they don't know about. That's older. When it's something that like apparently everybody in my life has like either 
already watched and not told me or um, has been meaning to watch themselves. And so, oh, okay. Well, hold off. Um, hold off till the recommendations. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, you're ahead of me on the Wild Wild Country. Well, I'm ahead of you on Wild Wild Country, two episodes. Yeah. So I can't even watch anymore. So you need to just like. I just need to catch up. I just need yeah, to why don't you up. just catch have... up while you're away? Yeah. I have a lot of like um, little projects I'm working on, but like I've been really trying to like consume art that is not um, in like the genre in which I'm currently working. So I've been reading a lot more poetry because I'm not working on anything poetry related right now. Um, I'm like watching a lot of like TV, which is nice because like I tell myself that like because I'm working on something that requires like some plot formation, Mm. I'm like, oh. I need to learn how to develop characters, so let me watch. Does that? That's actually really interesting. No, that's actually really interesting to me. So, um, have you found watching has helped you with character and plot and that kind of stuff? Because every 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 writer approaches it differently, right? So now that yes. you're you're kind of new to the like narrative and plot development thing, because you usually write more poetry, but now you're delving into mm-hmm. something a little more fictional, I think. And yes. because of that, I'm curious whether or not watching other stuff actually does give you a better sense of what you're doing it does and here's why so um i have found that if i'm reading something Mm -hmm. i get too caught up in the story to notice how it's how it's being created if that makes sense no that makes a lot of sense i Um, feel the same way about books like i don't when i'm reading them i don't inherently understand the structure like i have to step back a little more yeah Uh uh-huh and and Mm -hmm. also for me like i get because I'm working on something and like, I need to work on it as I, as I consume things that inspire me. Um, I need something that's not like a classic novel. That's going to take me several weeks to like read through. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, I can get through, you know, you almost need like a show in yeah. you know, three days. If I, if I really you need like a pop boiler that you just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's no, really- I find that stuff helps me the best with the plot anyway. Even if you, you even if you take some of the more like, you know, like mainstream kind of fast thrillery plot ideas and apply them to your like own work, but slow it down and so forth. Yeah. Like, I find that helps. It's just good to see it. So like bold. Yeah. It's been, it's been nice to see, um, you know, especially since like, for example, I'm, I'm writing like a, a short story that's a part of a longer novel and mm-hmm. I'm kind of approaching right. the whole project that way. And so watching a television show as opposed to like a movie is really helpful because I need, I need this one chapter that I'm writing, this short story, to like function on its own, like an yeah. episode, yeah. but still feed into a larger story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so watching TV h- helps me with that. Yeah, because um, they always have like really cool like opening chapters, and then like goes to, well, that's how it used to be. You used to be like the opener, then you went to the titles, then I think maybe commercials, and you come back to the show. But that opener yes. would sometimes like just enca- like encapsulate everything. Or like sometimes like there's a relationship dynamic between two characters and mm-hmm. you don't quite know what it is. And then all of a sudden, like the camera holds on a gaze for like a second longer. And like, Oh, these people are going to like have sex in two episodes. Right, you, know? right, <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. you know what the problem with that though, is in writing. Mm-hmm. Cause that's this, this is, this, this is why I was curious. I used to do the same thing, like watch things and try to like learn from it. Yeah. And it took me a long time to figure this out. But the problem is that extra, that gaze or whatever mm-hmm. you, you can't write that in. Like, you can't no. say the camera holds on this person too long. I mean, you, you have such things as, like, beats. You can say beat, you know? And that indicates to the 
actor and the reader and all that, that like, there's a moment here. Right. But uh, it's really hard to write those, like, you know, we hold on this person for, like, 10 minutes or whatever. You know? Yeah, I think, I think what I'm trying to do is write it into the dialogue and write mm-hmm. it That's into, a good um, into just, like, kind of, yeah, like, body language. Yeah, you um, imply it. Yes, but not but not saying it directly. Mm-hmm. That's the um, best way to do it. But it's not something I've ever, I've ever had to, like, think about before, but so it's really fun. Um, yeah, it's that, like, that's what's really fun about, like, storytelling. It makes your brain work in these, like, problem-solving ways. Yeah. Which poetry is a different. It's a little bit more, like, intuitive, I think. For me. I think that it's also really fun for me right now to try something, just, like, to totally try something different that I'm not good at mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of artists, like, and there's no shame in it. Like, you just stick to what you know, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, people will write poetry. As soon as one poetry book is done, they'll write another collection. And, like, yeah. I mean, do whatever, like, you got to eat. Like, do your thing. But right. I also find, that, like, if you're writing books just back to back, they're not super inspired. Exactly. Um, or they don't have some kind of, like, overarching, like, collection, like, theme or feeling mm-hmm. to them. Um, so hopefully I can accomplish something emotive. Um, <laughs> well, sometimes you have to give yourself permission to try other things. Exactly. And like, I can, I can be a little reckless right now. Why not? Mm-hmm. So no, it's, it sounds you give, you permission, you give yourself permission to be bad at something. Yeah, um, totally. Which I think, especially when you're, when you're good at something else, you're like, why am I like struggling to be bad at this? And I can just be good at the other thing. I'm, I already know, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I remember Quentin Tarantino once said that he, in between movies, would write like uh, film, like essays on film, like film criticism, and you know, just I don't know, maybe sum up like I don't know the fifties or something, right? And yeah. he would try to write his entire like thesis on that. But the thing is, he'd get halfway through and it'd be like so hard that he'd go back to screenwriting and make another movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? it, it reminded it reminded him how easy it was to make a film you know when he was making a film it's hard but then to go to the other thing that you're not that good at i mean you know i mean like that you have to struggle at basically right yeah is uh, yeah. reminded it how much how much easier it was to make films for him because it comes more naturally <laughs> <laughs> which i think is no. good sometimes to try something different and then like kind of stretches your muscles and stuff and then when you go back to your own thing you're like oh my god this is so much cooler and fun you know <laughs> oh, yeah, you can see it through a different lens. Exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. like, or also you have this like new appreciation for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah, so I think there's not been much up between I mean, both of I mean, us. It's never interesting when like when you're in process with something because like yeah. you can't really talk about it. I know it and, sucks. Like, it also sucks because you can't talk about it, and then sometimes that thing doesn't happen, which means you end up not talking about it at all. <laughs> or right, or like if you're doing like corporate projects, or like I just like have submitted to a lot of things, like mm-hmm. I'm waiting to hear back on things. Right. Um, and then it's like you can't really you can't talk about them, you can't promote them, and. Um, yeah, it's it's hard, but it's all it's all part of the process. Um, mm-hmm. I'm in the same I'm in the same thing. I've got a bunch of things going right now, <coughs> but I'm also like not feeling well and so forth. So there's not much to talk about, and that's frustrating when you have a podcast. I know. <laughs> Where you're like, I'm supposed to create create like top notch content, like. God, no. Yeah. Um, well, we'll have more interviews next week, so it doesn't matter if these like in between yeah, ones with really, us are just a little We have some really shorter. good interviews lined up mm-hmm. um which i'm which i'm pumped about but i also know that like if i don't make you record every week no that... i'm really glad we do this 
and it won't get done. No, I'm really um, glad we did this, so, and that you made me do it. Um, but uh, yeah, like I wish we had something more to report at the moment. But yeah, I mean, just... I'm trying to think: is there something I can actually talk about? <laughs> oh, like it's something where I don't have to like, you know, edit out names and. No, no nothing like some really cool stuff right now you just i know i just can't talk about it you can't talk about it um, um but yeah it'd be, be really cool if like the people listening would start suggesting things they want us to talk about because oh, yeah. at times like this where we're like a little bit like you know like overextended and we don't have things to say it'd be cool to just go through like a grab bag of like hey like you know such and such wants us to talk about this or like how did you guys make this or anything at all like we're pretty much an open book we don't mind talking about I always feel guilty you. when I'm like, I'm like, make my content for me. Like, <laughs> no. no, it's not that. It's definitely like, we're pretty good at this, but there's certain days where you just feel a little like, man, I just don't, this week, not much happened. Yeah, no, I totally. But you know what? Let's get in the recommendations because maybe like really like spark something. Yeah, for sure. So I have two recommendations. Um, Go for it. Hold on. You want me to go first? No. Yes. Yes, you want me to go first? Yes. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I um I watched a uh, Death Wish. Okay. Which is do you know about the original Death Wish? No. It's it's like a long time ago, maybe even the seventies. It's from the seventies, I think. Sixties or seventies. Mm-hmm. And it's this movie with Charles Bronson where, like, I think his family gets killed and then he goes out on, like, all-out revenge. You know? It's one of those okay. movies. But it might be, like, the most definitive one. And then it spawned, mm-hmm. like, a bunch of sequels. Like, Death Wish 2, 3, 4, 5. I don't even think they were any good. It's just the first one that was, like, pretty decent, you know? Yeah. But they just remade that with Bruce Willis. And okay. so Bruce Willis is in the new Death Wish, uh, directed by Eli Roth, who's actually, like, a horror director. Okay. And it's kind of his first, I think, like, thriller, I guess. And I just watched it, and it's set in Chicago, and it's the same story. It's got his doctor, his family gets killed, and then, like, the cops won't do anything because the violence in Chicago is so high. So he goes out, like, becomes a vigilante and hunts down the guys who did it and just, like, kills them all and gets his revenge. But, like, (laughs) in 2018, it's so stupid. I was watching and really trying to enjoy it, like a 90s movie or something, you know? Yeah. And there's bits of it that are clever and they're funny and like some of the performances are really good. It's really nice to see Bruce Willis actually be good again in something. Like so he's, he did this, like recently. Yeah, like Eli Roth based. They were going to redo it with a... So Joe Carnahan was originally attached to direct it. He's this guy who wrote, directed a movie called Narc. And okay. a bunch of movies after that. Smoking Aces, um... A-Team and The Grey, which is amazing. So he's, he's a good director. He was going to do it. He wrote the script, and I guess something happened, and he ended up not directing it. And then Eli Roth came on board using the same script, but then ended up changing a lot of it like, okay. while they were shooting, I guess, because Carnahan's mm-hmm. not super proud of it, you know? Like, he's, he wants nothing to do with it kind of a thing. Interesting. But the movie's not terrible. You sit there, and it's got some, like, so bad it's good laughs, and it's also got, like, really genuine laughs and stuff, you know? Right. It's, just, it's a mixed bag. But the worst thing about it is just the whole story, like, set in Chicago, like, this white dude going out and getting revenge. And he's not getting revenge against black dudes, he's getting against other white dudes, right? But right. It's just, it's just, it all just feels so stupid and, 
I don't know, like Republican or something. You know? I was trying really hard not to bag on this because I like Eli Roth and I like Bruce Willis and I wanted this to be good. And I wanted to, and to be honest, I enjoyed some of it. Like it's not an awful movie. It's just so tone deaf in some ways. Do you think that Bruce Willis's body of work will age well? Uh, Bruce Willis has never had a great body of work though. Like he's had a, okay. he's, he's such a strange actor. He's had legit like seven or eight masterpieces he's been a part of, right? Okay. Like yeah, I'm, I'm not like as somebody who doesn't know anything. No, about I know. Him, he's like, a. We- I'm curious because like I I know the name and like I always yeah. think of like I don't know shoot 'em ups or like cop well, he, movies or he something. was he was a lot of cop movies. But the thing is, the thing about Bruce Willis is he was this like blue collar actor, right? So he's like mm-hmm. this Jersey boy. He he like a lot of blue collar young guys. Um. And older guys like kind of identified with him because he wasn't the typical Hollywood star. He had real like um, working class swag, you know. And, right. And so he ended up in a couple of like blue collar action movies, and some of them are now like the greatest action movies ever made. You know, like the Die Hard series, let's say. And then right. and then he'd do like a bunch of junk for years, and then he end up in Twelve Monkeys, which is like one of the greatest movies ever made. And then he'd do a bunch of junk, and then he'd be in Pulp Fiction, and then he'd do a bunch of junk, and he'd be in Sixth Sense. You know what I mean? Right. And do a bunch of junk and being unbreakable. Like, there's so many great Bruce Willis movies that, like, most actors, most actors don't even get seven or eight great movies, you know? Right. But he's made, like, so many bad ones. And so his, his, okay. his, his, his filmography will always be a bit strange. Nobody cares about the junk. They only care about the good stuff, right? Right. I mean, it just goes to show you to, like, constantly grind through, like, Yeah, he's, know, a, pay- he's a paycheck work. guy. And then every now and then he lands one where he, where he cares about it. You know, like... Like Kevin Smith worked with him on a movie called Cop Out with um, uh, Tracy Morgan. Yeah, Tracy Morgan is a comedy, okay. a buddy cop movie. And like Kevin Smith hated his experience working with Bruce Willis. Really? And he was a huge Bruce Willis fan before that. But he, he said Bruce Willis could not have cared less about the movie. And he was just like, and like he was just not fun to work with. And Kevin was a big like Bruce Willis fan because he's from Jersey too. Interesting. But then like, a year later or so, Ryan Johnson works with him on Looper and has nothing but positive things to say about him. Do you think maybe he just lets his, his life, like wherever he's at, influence his work? I, like, my, my, my feeling is that he signs up to a lot of stuff that's just paycheck work that he knows is just like, this isn't going to be good. Right. But there's other stuff, like when he gets to work with Ryan Johnson or somebody who's like a little bit more like a prestige director that has like, you know, like a lot of respect. Where he right. brings his A game. Like, he knows what movies are going to be great and which ones are going to be just like, okay, I got to pay my bills. Right, I have three kids. Yeah, because a, a, like, a lot of directors uh, really respect him, but the ones that are part of the junkier movies, the ones that didn't do that well, they really don't like Bruce Willis because he really does just phone them in. Mm, so he's a weird actor like that, but when he's great, he's great. Like, I would say he's one of my top all-time favorites when he's great interesting maybe even like top because like, i get older i like him more than i like like robert de niro and these guys that i used to love okay now i now as i get older i like like denzel washington bruce willis these kind of working class actors way more interesting because i related to them yeah. you know what i mean right no i've always found him kind of kind of like bizarre i mean and again like, he is I a strange know- one these actors like but like i the the big stuff even i've seen which is mm-hmm. like that's how big you are that, like i don't know anything about movies i've not seen really anything and right. i've still seen stuff you've done but then um you know when you talk about this you're just like 
it's so bad. And I'm wondering if there are people who just like don't age well because they're first. Well, here's the sad thing about this though, because in this movie, like, so he'd done a bunch in the last couple of years that like he's starting to get older. Like they weren't flattering. The roles weren't good. Nothing. It was just like, he was just this older actor doing like B movie stuff. Right. Right. But then this comes along and he looks good in it. Like when you watch the movie, he's actually like handsome and like, like they lit him. Well, he looks like it's, it's hard for an older actor to come off cool, right? Right. And he comes off really cool. Like, it's, it's Bruce Willis aging well in this movie. But the thing is, the whole thing is just so, like, such a misstep as far as, like, tone is concerned. Right. Like, in this climate, in 2018, you can't have this, like, white dude going out and, like, getting revenge. And it's not a little, like, it's not an 80s movie. It just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't feel right, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't tell. I just felt it felt like it was not, like the, it, it didn't take the zeitgeist into consideration in any way, you know? Yeah, Still living like in not, the 90s like, and 80s. Socially aware, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I saw that, and like Eli Roth does a commentary on the, on the iTunes version. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I love more than when Eli Roth does commentaries on his movies. Like, I don't even love his movies, but I love Eli Roth's commentaries. And I'm not one of the only ones. Like, this is, like, a big thing. People love when that guy talks about his movies, but they don't love his movies. So I'm really looking forward to that commentary. Why do you think think that is? He's so likable. He's such a, like, a, like, how passionate he's about his movies and how likable he is. And, like, he's, like, a film geek. And, like, Quentin loves him and a whole bunch of people love him. He's just, he's just a good, like, orator, you know? Interesting. His movies aren't terrible. They're just... Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. When when you're just like, I love your work, but please shut up on Twitter. Oh, like, right, right, you know? right. I actually really like her. I don't I don't see her stuff a lot, so I don't know. But I have heard that. I just hate like whenever something new comes out and like, I don't know. She like, has to comment on it. Yeah, or it's like Dumbledore was a trans man. I'm like, can you just <laughs> shut up? Like, uh, if that was really the intention, fine. But why wasn't that in there? Right, or like, well, you know, she's always, she's always just like adding things on it. It's like, but it's less of a commentary and like more of like trying to make, I don't know, like you don't need to make Harry Potter bigger or more relevant than it was. Like it's yeah. the most relevant thing like that. Well, that's or, also maybe why anything she says just is always going to be under this like microscope, right? Ugh, Whereas Eli Roth yeah. doesn't make like these, the most amazing movies, but his excitement and his kind of like love for cinema and stuff is very infectious, you know? That's interesting. I'm trying yeah. to think if, I, if I've ever seen anything he's done. I don't think He so. did Hostel. He did both Hostel movies. He did... Um, he started off as kind of the torture porn guy, but his were actually kind of decent. They weren't like... Okay. He just started the movement, you know, of like all this torture, torture horror stuff. And um, But then he did... He, I think he did a movie called Cabin Fever and Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves and something else. I can't remember. But... um. And he was in he was in Grindhouse with Tarantino and in Inglorious Bastards. Okay. He was like the the bear Jew. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that from Glorious Bastards. No, I didn't see it. Yeah, he's like this like Boston, you know, accented, you know, burly Jew who just like wants to get revenge against Nazis. <laughs> I mean, it's really maybe funny. I should, maybe I should watch it. <laughs> You'd like it. But yeah, so I so, saw that, and that was a that was an experience. And um, and the only other thing I have is I saw the Jordan Peele uh, commentary for Get Out. Okay. I listened to the whole thing, and it, it, was, it was really good. I kind of been avoiding it because I've seen him in interviews and stuff, and he seemed a little bit more like pretentious than I was expecting. 
like he's just a funny guy. I just thought like he'd be, I don't know, something. But when you hear him talk about cinema, it's like it's so like, I don't know, something. But he also makes great movies. So what can you say, right? Right. And, and then, but then I finally listened to the commentary and like there's so much insight into his movie and how they made it. And like, it really is like a, like a little gem of a commentary if you're a filmmaker. Like if you like, if you want to learn about making movies and how to make great movies, like there's so much information in this commentary that I recommend it to anybody who like Get Out. Okay. Yeah. And that's my recommendations. And that's your recommendation. I will have to check what that out. Got? Um, so I have been watching Mozart in the Jungle. Okay. What's that? Um, it's an Amazon show. Yeah, I think I saw it pop up the other day. So I don't even know. I think it was, they just canceled it. They started in like 2014, I believe. Okay. And it has four seasons and they just, it came out a few months ago and so like they weren't going to make another season. Um, even though like Gail Garcia Barnell is like on his personal Instagram, he like posted that he's like, can't wait for season five. And Lola Kirk was like, dude, <laughs> we don't have a season five. Like what? <laughs> Maybe he's trying to make it happen. In in the show, he's like very kind of like uh, he's a um, a maestro, and he okay. joins the um, New York Symphony, and he's like very quirky. He's like fucking traditional. He's a man of color, um, and so it's just really funny that like you know either he's you know bringing that to his his social media as a joke or he's like right. Like, a little bit like that in real life. Um, <laughs> also, to be like disconnected, doesn't know the show's over. Yeah, he doesn't know that it's like actually over. <laughs> that or, makes like, me like it. <laughs> yeah, um, but apparently the first the first few seasons um, got like rave reviews because it was just like super interesting. Because apparently it's based on a book, um, mm-hmm. and it's all like pretty true to life. Apparently, like the secret lives of like what you would think are like these stuffy classical musicians, mm. um, and also how they are trying. There's this movement. Um, to not have it be so completely whitewashed and ancient and to make classic right. relevant again. Um, I never thought about that. I never thought that one of the reasons that it feels so like stale and old is just because like it's so whitewashed, you know? It's old white people. Yeah. No, it, it does, it's not. I mean, it's not like even like a, I don't care that it's old white people, but I think if you, I think that makes it unrelatable to the world because now in 2018, we start to realize that there were so many people of color amongst these stories that yes. weren't like, you know what I mean? So now it feels a little like, now that we know that, some of these old, you know, these old-timey movies or whatever, they feel a little, like, unrelatable. And well, even and when I was younger, they didn't feel like that. It felt super relatable. So now, I think it's just the climate's changed, you know? One of the criticisms of the show is actually that um, there's a ton of Asian um, classical musicians, especially mm-hmm. in big city symphonies. And right. You have a little bit of that shown in in the show, but like not enough. Like mm. yes, making making the maestro like having Gil Garcia Bernal cast. Yeah, um, I figured that'd be a big deal. Yeah, Argentinian, you know, uh, composer slash, um, you know, maestro is is a good move. But like they should have done a little bit more, which is fair because like you do have a huge uh, percentage of. Um, of musicians who who are Asian and that should be shown if you wanted to right I mean considering that the person that kind of brought classical music back recently in the last like couple decades or so is Yo-Yo Ma you know like Mm -hmm. 
that makes a lot of sense that we start, you know, putting more of a spotlight on like the different cultures that are involved in the scene. Yes, absolutely. Um, but it's it's really interesting to kind of see see like I don't know like behind the curtain a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's also just really fun. So um, okay. I'm going to recommend. There's a lot of good Amazon shows, so that's interesting. Yeah, I actually had never had it, and then um, like I said earlier, like I friends have either recommended it or then like mm-hmm. they brought up that I was watching. I was like, oh yeah, I watched that. Like it's it was so great, and I was like, why didn't you ever like mention it as something that I should? <laughs> yeah, watch? yeah. Amazon um, Prime is interesting. I think a lot of people have it and don't know they have it. Yeah, like that's that's how I am. I was like, oh yeah, like I. I have the, like, I should I yeah. should use this download it to my phone so actually the other day when I was like reined in because um, I had all these like big plans when I was in Columbus to like go downtown and like kind of yeah. like you know everybody sees it as like this flyover seat but they have um, like Columbus has apparently a great art scene and so yeah I heard it's like a pop in town now yeah so I was like really excited to go like explore but it was like dangerously flooded so yeah, yeah. I just kind of had to like hide up in my hotel and um i burned through like an entire season and a half of this show oh nice so yeah i just like rotted with some takeout it was marvelous um <laughs> yeah there's another show on on there that i really want to see um it's called man in the high castle have you heard of that i i don't it sounds it's, vaguely it's a, familiar it's based on a philip k dick novel where um it's like his most popular one where basically i think it's hitler won the war and so okay. it's like like 1960s or so in the U.S. Okay. and maybe even 70s. I can't remember exactly because I've, I've actually watched it. But it's um, uh, so the, the, the United States is now under the control of the Third Reich. Uh-huh. So everything is like Nazi symbols everywhere. Like it's basically if they had won, you know, it's like an alternate history. Right. And, and it's super interesting to see like the United States under like Hitler rule. But then the parallels of like what's going on right now. In, in the right. world, it's it's really good. I watched like a few minutes of it, and I and I and I put it and I kind of queued it up to go. Okay, I'm gonna watch this properly. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I'll have to I'll have to like dig. I love like anything like World War Two, what if related. Even Me too. Though, like everybody does it. Like I don't care. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, yeah. Well, it's the most fascinating recent period of our history, right? Like, like Except the most now. like right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess, but I still think when we look back, Hitler is gonna be weirder. Yeah. Also, that one's like, too specific and too, like, what happened, you know? I think we'd love to look back on it and being and be like, wow, we, uh, like, we did the right thing. Like, humanity came mm. together. Like, yes, we were late. We should have done it earlier. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but, like, like, the good guys won, and that's why we love it as a story. Mm-hmm. Where it's just, like, when you're in the thick of it, but like, also, we are right now with Trump, and, like, they were then. Like, you don't actually you know. You don't know, yeah. You know? But I also think that like, this Trump stuff is so well documented of what's going on. Yeah. Whereas the Hitler stuff, you know, there was no media and stuff, so we're just, like, we just know the little bit we know, and it's so confusing to put the pieces together and realize, like, how, this, how a whole nation went with this guy, you know? Yeah. Whereas now we're, like, watching it all live on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, watching the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, we know exactly yeah. how you guys sold out your country. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there. I mean. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's our recommendations, I guess. That's our recommendation. And this, like, kind of short, sweet, to the point episode. I think we saved um, it. That was kind of fun. Yeah, no. The uh, recommendations. We, so we enjoy the recommendations for now. By the skin of our teeth. 
And uh, so, yeah, and we'll be back. We'll be back people. next week with an interview, right? Yeah, we have we have some good ones. Mm-hmm. I have a few lined up too. Yeah. Awesome. So, so yeah, send us right. any kind of anything you want us to talk about, and we'll talk about it whenever we can. Or anything you want us to shut up about. And never. Yeah, don't again. ever speak about this again. Yeah. Yeah. Let no, us know. Absolutely. All right, we'll be back. All right, talk to you soon. Bye.